Hey friends, so glad that you hopped on the podcast this week. I am excited to hand you this next interview. I got to interview Osti Eckley and this woman just shares vulnerably and honestly her experience of brokenness in her life and the way that God showed up and radically redeemed her. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I just need to be reminded that God is alive and well, and He's on the move and He's still changing lives. Sometimes I need to be reminded that He does bring healing into the most overwhelmingly broken places. I need to know that for myself and I need to know that for for my own healing, but also for the work I'm called to in this world. And so I hope that Austi's story encourages you as much as it encouraged me. Check it out. Hey, Austi, I'm so glad that you are on the podcast with me today. Me too. I'm very excited. I've been counting down the days. Oh my gosh, you're so funny. Well, Becca Overby, who's been on this podcast and shared her crazy, cool story, suggested that you come on and share a piece of your story. And I figured any friend of Becca's is a friend of mine. And so I was like, heck yeah, let's bring her on. That's exciting. I love that lady. Yeah, her story. I cry every time, every time you hear it. Yeah, incredible. When you get asked to share a piece of your story, do you get nervous? Do you get overwhelmed as to where to start? What What are your feelings that kind of creep up when you get opportunities like this? Yeah, I think that I get a little nervous uh, just because I always want to be thoughtful of other uh, people and, and abuse stories. And, um, and it is hard to be vulnerable, right? And share these really deep, painful pieces of your story. But I've just always been a firm believer that our stories are what help others talk about theirs. And our vulnerability and our fear can actually be you know, an open door for someone else to be able to step into to freedom, which comes from finally talking about their stories and t- finally opening up about um, the things that they've been through and the things that have happened to them or things they have done. And so even though, yeah, there's always a little piece of fear or uh, fear of vulnerability, I, I have seen the fruit of what happens when I share and what it is, a, what it has done for other people. Um, and so that's why I keep saying yes to sharing mm. it. Yeah, I love that so much. I know when I get asked to share, sometimes I feel like I have a vulnerability hangover afterwards, but I do think it's true what you say that in a sense, like every time we share a story, it's like we're giving someone else permission to share theirs. And that can be a really beautiful thing. Some of us have grown up um, where we weren't invited to share our stories, where we weren't invited to feel about our story, to 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 speak to what was actually going on. We had to hide and we had to keep things secret or we didn't have a voice or whatever. So it's incredible when a woman steps out and says, Hey, here's my story. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think, or as a kid or when you're in it, you don't realize you have a story. Like you're just Mm -hmm. struggling to keep your head above water, put one foot in front of the other. And, uh, it's not until later that you look back and realize, wow, that was, that was a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's rewind back to your story. You just opened up with me offline that you met the Lord later in your life. I know Becca, when she suggested you hop on, said that you've experienced a lot of hard things. Do you want to rewind back to before the place where you you uh, saw God reaching into your life and inviting you into healing? What was going on in you that made you need his help? Yeah. Uh, do you want me to start from the beginning or do you want me to share when he kind of reached in to my life? Where would you like me to start? Cause it's a, <laughs> it's you a wrong can one. start wherever you want to. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll just kind of go back to the beginning. I think that's the most, uh, the most easy and less confusing. Uh, when I was a little girl, it was me and my mom and growing up, my mom, you know, we all come from different stories, but she, um, definitely, talked about Jesus a lot growing up. So we may have had, you know, kind of a loud, (laughs) wild home, but she definitely, uh, she really did instill in me, uh, the name of Jesus. Um, I didn't live for him for, you know, that time of my life, but I, that name was always in the back of my head. I always, um, I always knew that name because of the way she spoke about him in our home. Uh, so when I was a little girl, um, my mom met my dad when I was about three, And then when my parents both were put in a position where they had to work, they put me into, um, a daycare center. And, um, it was at this daycare center that I experienced sexual abuse as a little girl. Uh, and so as I, um, got a little bit older, as you can imagine, when you are a little girl under the age of five and you experience something, um, that you're not supposed to experience, right. It, Mm -hmm. uh, it can, it confuses you. And so I was a little girl who didn't know what my body was made for. I didn't know my identity. I, I really, um, I didn't know about, you know, that I could wait or that my body was mine. Right. And so, uh, this left me a very confused, um, little girl. And so as I ventured and got older, Um, and into high school, um, we had a military recruiter that was at our high school and he was supposed to be recruiting us girls into not us girls, excuse me, all students into, um, the military. And what he was doing instead is he was sexually assaulting us girls at his office. And so for me, I was just so desperate to be loved, right? I was desperate to be seen. And, and I believe because of experiencing trauma as a little girl, I just thought that's what I was meant to do. And I thought that that's where love came from. I assumed that because my body had been abused in this way that, well, that's just naturally what you do. Mm-hmm. And so this really put me on a trajectory um, that was very, very unhealthy. So about this time uh, that this was happening, uh, I began to experience with drugs, alcohol, uh, in high school. And then, uh, I ended up moving to a different town than my parents lived. And that is when my, my life really took uh, a downward turn. I began to experience or experiment with, um, harder drugs. I was drinking, doing drugs five, six, seven nights a week, barely making it to work. I was, I had relationships with men, with women, it didn't, it didn't matter if, if they could get me what I wanted, then I would pursue that relationship. And so really 
for me, I was essentially using my body as a tool mm-hmm. to get the things I needed to numb the, the pain I had inside and the, the brokenness and the emptiness. Um, about this time that, uh, military recruiter was sentenced. Um, he did get sentenced for what he did. Uh, and then I just continued down that path. So it eventually led me to Portland where I became a makeup artist. Um, but my, my personal life continued to just go down that down, downward spiral. And so uh, at this point, I was a full-blown addict. I was somehow functioning at my job. I would, you know, be up all night and show up to work, uh, get through the day, and be back out at the bar that night or the party or wherever it was that I was at. Uh, there was just, there was so much, uh, I guess I was, I could explain it like I was numb. I was really just numb. And And I often share that it was like, it was a strainer and I would fill it with stuff, whatever I could find to numb it for that time, but then it would strain out and I would have to refill it and it would strain out. And so, uh, at my lowest, uh, about 20, 21, I attempted to take my own life. I had gotten to the point where I just didn't care whether I lived or died. Mm. Uh, I remember waking up, uh, my roommate had called 911 I woke up to my grandparents, which love my grandparents, but this is not the time you want to wake up to their faces right in the hospital. Um, and that put me into, uh, I was in a, you know, basically a psychiatric place that was monitoring me now. And, you know, when you hear this, most people would think this is where I changed my life. This is where, you know, I, I realized that it was, it was a mess, but I was second I got out, I was back in the bar the next weekend. And so that's about where I was at um, when I met the Lord. So you had gone through so much, Austi, and experienced things that no girl should ever have to experience. And it makes sense that you'd want to numb all that pain. And you were trying to do it through all these things that were creating more and more pain, which is what a lot of us have done in our lives. I totally resonate with that. And here you were kind of at your lowest point and you got out of the hospital And you say, this is where God showed up, where he reached into your life. What did that look like when you say that? Like, how did you experience God showing up for you? Yeah, shortly thereafter, I had ended up uh, moving in with a boyfriend. It was very unhealthy and toxic. And on on my side too, you know, I I never want to sit and not take accountability for my actions because I was a mess. You know, it wasn't just him. I was not, not in a good place to care for the needs of someone else. And so when I said my mom was a single mom in the beginning, when it was just her and I, uh, my biological dad had had another daughter and this is where it gets so fun because it's kind of like an Oprah story. But, uh, my sister had also been, um, raised by her mom and her siblings and, and then her stepdad. And so about this time when I was just, I had nothing left, nothing left. uh, My sister came into my life and she had since become a Christian and she was married. And, uh, and so I was in this place living with this boyfriend and it was very unhealthy, like I said. And so I ended up moving in with them, which I still to this Mm. day will tease her 
because I'm like, were you crazy? Like, I cannot believe you let me move into your house. I mean, what, what were you <laughs> She's thinking? Like, yes, I, I was crazy. I yes. was absolutely nuts. <laughs> yes. And I often tell people that she trusted God more than she feared me. And mm. her and Nate just knew that this is what they had to do. And you keep in mind, they had been praying for me, right? They, they knew what was going on. They were obviously not oblivious to what was going on. And so uh, what was really cool is uh, my parents did raise me to have respect and and to respect other people and their things. And so I just knew when I moved in there that I wasn't going to be able to 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 bring that lifestyle to them. Right? I remember laying in bed and just crying myself to sleep because one, they lived in Gladstone, which I was like, you know, I had lived in downtown Portland. And all of a sudden, I'm out in this like family suburb, and I'm like, oh my gosh, how do people live out here? Which now I live out here, so that's awesome. But. <laughs> Um, and the thing that was so just eye opening for me was Saturday mornings. I say that I had a couple Saturday mornings where I got to watch Nate, my brother-in-law interact with his wife. And the most beautiful thing is that my sister and her husband did not preach at me. They did not tell me my life was a mess, which it was. They showed me who Jesus was by their love. And, you know, I had a very good dad growing up. And, you know, this really has nothing to do with my, my family. Uh, but there was something different inside their relationship I'd never seen. And Nate was just so, uh, such a, such a love, you know, and, and I saw that and I, it was different and I knew that what they had, I wanted. And so they invited me to church and it was one of those Sundays where he said, you could look up and I had tears streaming down my face. And I just remember him saying that that Jesus, this God, Jesus would forgive me for everything I'd ever done and would wash me clean. And I was desperate. I was desperate for something else. And I remember leaving that day. I still, I was still the same person, right? Like I still had the stuff that I had experienced, but I was light and I was walking out with something that I didn't walk in with. And I met my husband. Well, I say I met, this is the joke is I had actually known him through my sister, because he was a friend of theirs. When I say I met, I think God took my like blinders off so that I would notice him in a different way. Uh, just because God's timing is everything, right? And uh, we all went swimming the next weekend. He had like this perfect muscle body, and I was like, "Whoa, who is that?" And my sister's like, "You know who that is." <laughs> so um, yeah, I started dating my husband about the same time, and. Yeah, it was just, I don't know, it was beautiful. It was beautiful to be loved by somebody who didn't want something from me, but truly, mm. truly, truly loved me the way Jesus did. Mm. And yeah. so healing and redemptive from what you'd experienced in your past. Oh, it's absolutely. amazing to me, you know, there's so many things I'm sitting over here resonating with. Um, I had to move out when I was 15 and a family took me in. And then by the time I kind of like hit bottom or got to the end of myself, I was 21 years old and this lady took me into her house and let me live in the basement. And I look back too and think, wow, she was nuts to, <laughs> to have done that. But as you're talking, I was thinking the power of a person that God uses in our life is absolutely incredible, but it is such a sacrifice on behalf of those people. Like you think about your sister taking you in when you were in this place where you, you were 
de con de like deconstructing everything was kind of falling apart. You were suicidal. You were doing drugs, all of these things. And she's just like, yeah, you can move in. And it's amazing what God can do when one person says, I'm going to invest in this person whose life is an absolute mess. I know that my life and my story were changed by a woman named Cindy. She passed away this last year, but she absolutely radically changed the trajectory of my life. And I think when I even hear your story, it reminds me of how God used her in my life, but it also inspires me to keep wanting to be that person who brings people into the fold of your life to have breakfast, go to the grocery store, sit and have coffee, ask what your story is. And God uses all of that to bring a radical healing in people's lives. It's Absolutely. it's amazing, isn't it? It is beautiful. Yeah. I'm curious how you think having the story you've had has shaped you and given you compassion and a passion for other people who have pain in their past. Absolutely. Yeah, that's my life's work now today. Uh, mm. I, when people ask me, I think you guys may, maybe even ask me, you know, what, just give us a little details about yourself. You know, what, what do you see in ministry? Those, those types of fun questions. And I, I can never really answer that without saying people, you know, people really are what I am most passionate about. I think that people matter so much and, and really they are what matter most to God. Right. And so God tells us love him and love people. And yeah, I don't always do it perfectly or maybe I don't always get it right, but I definitely I just love people and, and people don't scare me. People's stories don't scare me. And, um, and I'm one of those people that I look for every opportunity to meet and talk to people and find out their story. My kids often are like, mom, can we just go to the grocery store today without you mm. making a new friend? But, um, it just, it gives me life. It, I, I just, I just, uh, I, I love that. And, and I, I think that so many times, it's that simple pause and effort to see somebody that could completely change their day, the trajectory of their life. I think back to me back in the day, I have this kind of cool, quick story, but when I worked at Nordstrom's, that's where I worked, did makeup. I remember this guy that would always come down and he was on, I can't remember what department he worked in, but he was so nice all the time. I was always like, what is this guy's deal, man? He is so nice. He was totally cute. And I remember he had the scar on his face. So cool. Okay. Just a cool dude. And, but never inappropriate cool, right? It was never that he was like flirting. He was genuinely the kindest human and saw me, he saw me. And, um, and so for however long he worked there, he would always be really cool. Well, jump forward to after I get saved, I'm at the way, the bridge, bridge town way out in Beaverton, uh, with Justin and we're sitting at one of those nice John Mark's going to speak. And I look up and I'm like, Oh my goodness. The drummer, I believe he's a drummer or the guitar player Brooks, forgive me if I'm getting this wrong. And it's that guy. And he is mm -hmm. on the band at the way. And, and after they, you know, did worship and John Mark did his message, I got to go up to him and I, said, I hope I'm getting this right. Did you used to work at Norton's? He was like, yes. I said, my name's Ostia. I used to work at Mac. And I just started 
bawling and told him, I just, I don't know why I'm doing this. This is so embarrassing. I'm sorry, but I just have to let you know that to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing because you were so kind to me. You had no idea the mess I was in. And now fast forward. And it was just really cool. We had a moment and I got, you know, we now are friends on Facebook again. And, and, um, yeah, it just was really cool. I always think about that story because I was a mess and he knew the Lord and he loved me just by the way that he saw me and treated me as a, as a human being. Mm, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. You now are married. You have kids. You're you're doing some cool stuff in your life that we're going to talk about in a minute. But I'm kind of curious when you think about your kids and you think about your life, what do you hope your kids don't repeat in your story? And what do you hope that they gain most from your story? Ooh. It's hard when you think about your kids. They're everything, right? Uh, I have four mm-hmm. little girls. So raising little girls today into women, that's, uh, that is, that is a big, big deal. Uh, my girls, what I want them to know always is that there's nothing that they can do or not do that would cause God to love them any less or any more, right? That, that they are perfectly loved by him exactly, uh, who they are. And I would want them to seek and trust the Lord with all of their heart. This is something that obviously as an adult woman, I, I have to work on, right? That lack of trust and that fear can, can be crippling, especially with a traumatic past. And, um, I would hope that they would take a little bit of my love for people. And when they get older, I would hope that they would have that too. Uh, I see that in me from my mom, like my mom growing up, she would have pulled the car over and done anything for anyone right on the street. And so mm. even though they tease me now, cause they're like annoyed and they want to go home or whatever, I, I do hope that they take um, a little bit of that. And I hope that they love people well when they're older. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. And I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Your mental, spiritual, and emotional health is worth time, energy, and investment. As women, we can sometimes struggle to find the space and time necessary to focus on rejuvenating our minds and our spirits. But the truth is, our health is worth it. The Collide Counseling Bundle is an online course featuring 12 videos of mental health professionals giving their best advice, journals, resources, and so much more to help walk you through the topics that are most relevant to your life, anxiety, broken relationships, body image, and more. We are so thrilled to be making the resources for a sustainable healing journey available for the same investment as what one therapy session typically costs, $99. It's time to invest in your healing and wholeness. Learn more at wecollide.net slash counseling bundle. You're currently launching a ministry. Do you want to tell us what you're stepping out? Sure. It sounds like a big, bold, brave move. What, yeah. What's God doing? Well, what's funny is I'm normally bold and brave. That's kind of who I am. And this felt uh, different in the sense of it just 
felt scary. And, and I'm trying to lean into that. And all of my wise friends, you know, I, I, when I get a little like, ah, I'm so scared. They're like, but that's good. That's when you know, it's God. And I'm like, mm-hmm. is it though? <laughs> but, um, yeah. So a couple years back, I, made the decision to leave hair and makeup, my career in hair and makeup, because I felt God was calling me into ministry. I, uh, and I, and I say ministry, I, I feel like as a Christian, we're all in ministry, but more for, um, an everyday focus. And, um, and so I said, okay, what does that look like? You know, I, I had been get, been given a couple opportunities to do some speaking things and, uh, just saw that God was, um, allowing me to speak into the lives of women. And, and, and that felt like an honor, right. That God would use me in the lives of other people. And so I just was kind of taking baby steps into that. Well, then I began to read through the Bible for the very first time. And when I was in Exodus and was reading about the Ark of the Covenant and just, um, the way it was built and and how intricate and detailed and how God literally made people skilled craftsmen in order to make this, this incredible thing. And, uh, it it was made with acacia wood, as we know, acacia, and then it was covered in pure gold. And I heard that and I'm a creative naturally. I heard that and I loved it. I was like, acacia and gold, that is a cool, very cool name. And it, Mm -hmm. and I also had that still small voice saying, that's for you, write that down. And so that was actually about four years ago. I uh, hopped online. I bought the domain and, uh, snagged the Instagram and kind of tucked it away. I knew God was doing something, but I also, for the first time in my life, really wanted to be patient. I did not want to jump the gun on this. So Mm. put that away and began to just pray and trust. And, uh, COVID happened and all that time happened. And I felt like through that time, the Lord was teaching me that and really ingraining in me that it was about people that I can say that Tom blue in the face that I love people, but it really truly is. And do, do I really mean that? Do I really mean that when I say that? And so he was building this, this dream and this love for this ministry idea I had, but in the, at the same time, teaching me what really matters, which is the people, because that's the whole point, right? We can build the ministries, but if it's not for the love of God and for the love of people, then what are we doing? And so I, about that time, uh, wrote a Bible study, which we don't have time to talk about that. Maybe another time, but that's a whole, there's a whole really beautiful story that goes along with that. But, and as I was, uh, writing that study and, and preparing to let others read it and have it, uh, God really revealed to me that Acacia and Gold would be, you know, the name of, of my ministry and really be the umbrella, uh, over these things that I was dreaming up. And so, at the mm-hmm. same time, I have a love for creating jewelry. I always have. And when we did the photo shoot for the cover of the Bible study, we used real acacia. So we flew in acacia, which was just so much fun as a creative. I'm sure you, you're a creative as well. You would have died. They were, it was gorgeous. These bright yellow mm-hmm. blooms. And I took a bunch of it home and I was drying it. And as I was drying the acacia, I realized, oh my goodness, this would be gorgeous in jewelry. And so Along with acacia and gold, one of the elements will be this really beautiful handmade jewelry that has real crushed and whole pieces of acacia inside of it. And it'll be, um, it's got gold, it's got, uh, yeah, it's so much fun. I'm I'm working on that right now. And uh, Mm. my heart behind that is that, you know, the Ark of the Covenant, it, it 
the spirit of the Lord went with that, right? It was, it was this dwelling place. And and now we are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. We carry the, the spirit of God with us everywhere we go. And so my hope is that when people get a piece of jewelry or they get the Bible study, or I have a lot of other ideas I want to bring to the, to the eventual shop, if you will. Um, but my hope is as you engage with Acacia and Gold, you will feel and experience the presence of God and, and restoration and healing and hope and, and really, um, really just feel and know the Lord and, and all that he has, um, for your story. So Austi, you just shared that you hope people come to Acacia and Gold and experience the presence of God, the hope of God, the healing of God. When I think about people who are listening, there might be a lot of a lot of people who feel like they haven't experienced the presence of God in a very long time. Do you have any hope or encouragement for them today? Yeah, I want to first start by saying that I know what that feels like. I think you know what that feels like, right? There's been times in our life where we do feel hopeless, uh, where the anxiety is so strong it keeps us up at night, the nightmares of what's happened to us, um, or really just trying to engage, but but not feeling like we feel his presence or his spirit. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I want to first say that I used to feel shame when I felt that way, that I wasn't allowed to feel that way. And I want anyone listening to know that it is okay to feel that way, that those are real valid feelings and they're painful and they can leave us feeling like we're the only person that feels that way. But first of all, you're not, um, um, those are, those are natural, normal things that we experience. Um, so Acacia and Gold really was, it really came from the love of reading the Bible uh, as I was reading through the Bible and And for the first time, right, like you, you asked, I became a Christian leader in life. So I wasn't raised with the Bible. I even remember when I was a kid thinking the Bible was just like, you know, old and big and, you know, not relevant to today. Right. My grandma used to send me all these copies and I'm like, stop sending me copies, you know? Uh, but for me, you know, someone who does come from, um, someone who struggles with, with severe anxiety and fear and those things. Um, when I'm in the word, when I'm, when I'm reading his written word, that is where I experience his presence when I am worshiping. And for me, worship looks like, doesn't just look like singing, right? It looks like when I'm creating, when I'm, um, with my children, when I'm, uh, talking with someone like we talked about at at the grocery store and, and we are strangers and then we hug, you know, that for me is the presence of God. When I enter into shepherd's store where I volunteer with the women, um, when I serve, right. When I, when I step outside of my own stuff and I step into the lives of a woman who is getting her life back and getting her kids back, that is where I experience the presence of God. And so I think if you were to ask me, uh, you know, how or where I think that the number one place that I experience uh, the feeling and the, just the, the overwhelming sense that God is near and there is when I am either in his word, when I am serving his people, right? The most forgotten and lost people, the ones that we just walk right by in the street and don't even, don't even look at, right? That is where I feel and experience Jesus. And I believe it's because that's where he's at, right? He didn't come for the well, he came for Mm -hmm. the sick. And so I think that I would just encourage um, anyone listening that it's been dry for a while, maybe a season of, of, you know, the desert um, to maybe sit and take an account 
of um, what's been going on in your life recently? And is, is there a place that you can step in and begin to serve uh, in, a, in a capacity where you can serve someone else? And, um, and yeah, that's, that's my hope. My hope is that it will encourage you to open your Bible uh, as you wear the jewelry that you can feel and be reminded that you're not alone, that God loves you. Um, yeah. Osti, when you think about people listening right now who hear your heart and your passion regarding hearing God, experiencing God, feeling God, but they're sitting here and they're listening to this episode and they're just thinking like, man, I just don't. That's not me. It's been so long. I don't hear God, know God, sense God. What's your best advice for the place that they are in right now? Yeah. That is a good question and a hard question. I uh, I really think that that question hits home for all of us, right? All of us have felt that at some point in our faith, whether before our faith, during our faith, right? Just experiencing those experiencing those seasons of doubt and uncertainty and distance from God, and that's really my heart behind Acacia and Gold is that we would you know, be a place or a resource or, um, an opportunity for someone to experience God in a new and a fresh way. I think that for me Mm -hmm. before I was a Christian, and even when I became a Christian, it was like, I always thought pursuing God was kind of boring, honestly, kind of stale, kind of like, Oh, what do I read? Do I pray? How do I, how do I do these things? Is, is worship just singing on a Sunday? Like, what does that look like? And so as I've grown in my faith, I've realized that the way we pursue God and the way that we experience his presence and the way that we interact with God is in and throughout our entire life, right? It's in and throughout our daily lives. And each of us do that differently. So whether that's through food or singing, or for me, I really experience God through painting. Like I love to to read the Bible and then I love to paint about it. Uh, mm. And so really that's the hope is that these resources or you know, a, a piece of jewelry or something, um, that we produce that, that you interact with will remind you who you are in Christ, remind you who Christ is in you. And, and honestly, just get you excited about your faith, get you excited to open the Bible. And maybe you open the Bible this time and it's, it, it feels different than it has in the past. And maybe one of our, you know, materials or whatever can, um, yeah, can help you experience it in a new, fresh way. Mm. I love Osti so much how God is using your story to now want to impact and bless others and invite them into relationship with him. And I know just just for my own story that God is using my pain and my brokenness and the way that he's shown up in that and been so healing and so powerful and then asked me to uh, take all of that and start impacting and helping other women. So I know how, how exciting it is, but also how freaking scary it can be. And I'm listening to you and I'm hearing that God's unfolding a vision for you and you're just kind of stepping out and, and slowly but surely taking these leaps of faith and seeing what God does with them. And I'm kind of curious, what do you think stepping into this vision that he's unfolding is going to require on your part? Yeah, I would say absolutely. Number one is humility. I think that as I venture into this, like everything else I have done um, in my life after knowing Christ is 
um, is humility, right? It's to have open hands to him in allowing him to lead me, um, allowing myself to be open to learning, to um, even correction, right? Uh, watching people like you go before and and learning from from people that I respect and admire and and really just being a safe place uh, that does not think that I have it all figured out. So yeah, absolutely humility and always uh, pursuing what I'm doing and uh, what he has laid on my heart with open hands to, to his leading. Mm-hmm. So very yeah. cool. It's an exciting way to live. That's for sure. I know like when I rewind back, I think Collide's probably like 10 years. I don't know. I don't pay attention to years more. I'm more of a people person in stories, but I think we're almost a decade old here pretty soon. And so much of it has been watching what God is doing and then saying, Hey, let's go join him. Like this is working in women's lives. This is connecting. This is helping them raise their hand and say, yes, I want healing or whatever it is. And we're like, Oh, Holy cow, the spirit's on the move in that way. And we want to be a part of it and leaning into that. And it seems like you're already doing that, which is, yeah, but you just nailed something that all of us need to hear. You just said it's been 10 years, right? And so I don't know what your ministry necessarily looks like eight years or nine years or 10 years, right? But what's so beautiful is I'm interacting with it now. And it just goes to show anybody listening that has a dream on their heart or a vision or whatever that, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And that's the beautiful part about it. So that's super Mm -hmm. cool. I love hearing that. Yeah, no, no, it absolutely doesn't (laughs) happen overnight. I mean, heck, I think God unfolds vision over time. And as you step forward and give him a yes and lean into something, he unfolds a little bit more. And then you take another step and he unfolds more and you keep leaning into what he's doing. And next thing you know, you see something and you look back and you go, man, five years ago, I never would have dreamed this was possible. Right. Like I started like as a Bible study in my living room in the midst of one of my most painful seasons. And now, you know, we have conferences and a podcast and, you know, books that we print and a blog and classes and a staff and a counseling for all these things. But you, I never would have thought one year in that that could have been possible. That's so I think it's women for us to just lean in and be brave. And I see you doing it. I think it's so very cool. When you think about that and you think about God unfolding this vision, what most excites you and what most terrifies you? Oh man, I think what's most exciting is, um, you know, this is something I've been thinking and dreaming about for a couple years. I didn't even tell like close friends. They were like, Acacia, what? Like, what are you talking about? You know? (laughs) Um, and I think what's most exciting for me is to start to see exactly what you just said, to start to see some of these, these dreams and these ideas and these things that he planted, um, in my heart and, and actually the hearts of even people close to me start to come to life. Um, I think that that's, that's the stuff that it's like, oh my gosh, God's doing something. And I can't wait to see how it changes lives. Right. And, and just impacts lives and maybe brings hope, um, to the hopeless. And, um, so that's what I'm most excited about. Um, did you ask me anything else with that question? No. What most terrifies you? Oh, what most terrifies me? I think I have to answer that honestly and not, like I have it figured out. I think that what terrifies me is failure, right? I think that Mm -hmm. a lot of us entering into anything, even if it's a a Christian idea, right? Or a ministry or a God thing, it's still scary. It's still terrifying Mm -hmm. to, to fail or to let him down, right? Or 
to maybe think I'm hearing him and I'm not hearing him or, you know, just do something mm-hmm. in my own desire and not in, in his um, leading. And so I think that's, again, where that humility, I pray every day to, to be in that. And so that I make sure that um, he's leading it, that he's the one in charge and not me. Cause I got a big personality. And so I tend to soar with things. And so just reminding myself that um, he wants to use that. And that's a good thing that he built in me, but ultimately it is, it is him who I want to lead what's happening. So. Hmm, so good. And I love that you're running forward despite fear of failure. I think in some sense you will fail. I, I, yeah. I fail all the time, but failing doesn't mean you're a failure. It just right. means like while you're paying attention to what the spirit is doing and you're being brave and you're leaning into what God is calling you to do, like you'll probably make a few mistakes along the way. Right. Absolutely. But sometimes like God can actually even use our mistakes. So it's super cool to just see you go for it. When you think about the redemption Jesus has brought forth in your life, what do you love most about what God can do in brokenness? Oh man. Uh, well, something just happened yesterday and it's interesting. It kind of ties up everything we've just talked about. Even earlier when you talked about you know, how five years ago you wouldn't have dreamed, you know, today or whatever. Uh, so I wrote a Bible study as we talked about earlier. And yesterday I had to go to the printers to approve the final draft. You know, I've never done this before. So I was just giddy and excited. And they're like, you need to come in and feel the paper and look at the colors, make sure everything looks good. And I was like, okay, you know, I was so excited. Mm -hmm. So I'm driving over there and I come around the corner and I following my little maps, you know, how to get to this, this print shop. And so I get to the print shop and as I come around the corner, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. The house, there's a house to the, to the left of the printers. And so I pull in front and the only spot available is to park in front of this particular house. Mm -hmm. And as I get out, I just have a flood of flashbacks come back. And this is a house I used to live in 17 years ago, uh, where I, was in the deepest of my addiction. It's literally sharing a fence with the printers and I get out and I am just, I'm like all the emotion, right? Like I'm looking at this house. I'm having the memories of, of what I did in that house. And we're talking that time was the closest to hell I've ever been in my life. Right. The, Mm -hmm. the stuff I did in that house and the things that happened in there. And, uh, so I'm just, you know, just kind of stunned. Right. And I, so I go in and I, I look at the study and I kind of almost was a little bit like dazed by it. And I approved the study and I, I left and I walked out and got in my car and I just cried the entire drive home because mm. God had put like his glory and redemption on full display for me yesterday. He mm. literally side by side was like, here was this drug house I lived in that, that was some of the most wretched, painful times of my life, time of my mm-hmm. life. And then this print shop, you know, that's printing this study <laughs> of my life and my story and in hopes that one word out of there could potentially impact a woman's life or someone's life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and man, I was wrecked. I was wrecked the whole way home. Just you know, thanking him and and just thinking of this idea of like life before him and and life after him. And to think that 17 years ago, I was in that house doing the things I was doing. And yet here's this little print shop, you know, functioning right Mm -hmm. next door. And God knew in that moment that yesterday was going to happen. And 
that is the glory of God. That is the redemption of God. That is new life in God. And man, I will, I'll never forget yesterday ever. Mm -hmm. Um, the power and the, just what he can do in all of our lives. So yeah. I love that so much. It's such a beautiful story. And I think when we rewind back to to when you lived in that home and think, man, if we could give you a glimpse of who God was becoming in you, you never would have Ever. You never would have believed it was possible. No. And it's amazing to me when God gets a hold of a woman's life, what he can do. And now he's going to use you to impact other people. So, yeah. Asti, thank you for hopping on today and reminding us that God is alive and well and changing lives and redeeming broken places and that he loves us indeed. And I think those reminders never get old for those of us who already know, and they can be life-changing for people who are hearing it for the very first time. But I'm just excited to see what God unfolds in your life and the way that he works through what you're up to. I love that you're being brave and you're putting yourself out there. And so I know there's going to be people who want to keep up with what you're doing and, and see what the Lord does. So how can they follow you? Absolutely. I have, you know, social accounts, of course, which is Osti Eckley, uh, at Osti Eckley. Yeah, there we go. At Osti Eckley. That is my personal uh, Instagram, but obviously I share a lot on there as well. And then like we just talked about, I do have at Acacia and gold and I don't even have a post on there yet. It's very, very new. And then I do have a website, which is just austieeckley.com and then acaciaandgold.com um, is coming soon. I also have an email, um, but you know, I am a mom of four. So if you email me, you got to give me some time. <laughs> <laughs> to respond. Oh, man. I, I'm yeah. just thinking, what's your house going to be like when they're all teenagers? That's what I'm wondering. I thought you, you were know? just going to say, what's your house number? I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Never no, yeah. I'm going to roll down and hang out with you guys. Uh, you since we talked anytime. about the power of a person being crazy and inviting someone yes, in yes. come stay with you guys Austin, thank you for for today. Thank you for this conversation and your time. Thank you. Friends, so glad that you joined me today, and I hope that you were encouraged as you heard about the presence and power and love and healing of God that showed up and collided with Austi's life and brought about redemption and continues to be. And if you are in a place where you want to lean more into the healing in your life that God can do, I really encourage you to grab our counseling course bundle where you get to sit down with 12 counselors and you get them all to yourself where they actually pour out their wisdom and their advice into your healing. And it comes with a workbook that is absolutely incredible that walks you towards the health and healing that you long for. Check that out. And if at all Austi's uh, story in inspired you to want to lean into the presence of God, check out all the Bible studies that I've written that are for sale on the Collide store. Um, we hear stories all the time of the ways that God is using those studies to truly grow women in their faith in Jesus. So check those out. And friend, I hope that you keep colliding and are reminded that you are oh so very loved. 
We'll catch you next week.